20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I am Steve Perhatch, your host for the day, uh, better known as Third Banana. Joining me on the <laughs> other end is going to be Sarah Kelleher, who we delightfully refer to as Second Banana. And as always, first banana in everybody's worlds, Dusty Evely. Steve, What's going on, guys? Steve, I hate to be the one to do this, man, but it's Top Banana. It's Top, but we, we went over this two weeks ago. It's Top Banana, Steve. Top first? Ugh. Yeah. It's cool, man. It's fine. I, I like I'm you know you were. Do- I liked your thing. That was a good intro. It's just it's top. Banana. I'm trying to get everybody you know to to know your weird ass <laughs> lingo that nobody had ever heard of. I'm... Which which definitely scored me a bottle of booze, by the way. Uh, I'm hyped that I finally have a brand. I feel like I have a brand now. This is very exciting. Top banana. Okay, I'll remember that for the next time. Right. Write uh, it down. Remember. Put banana. some and put some respect on it, will you, Steve? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, so we've got – there's a lot going on in the NFL world right now. There's nothing like huge or substantial craziness going on, but it's just a lot of little small side notes that, you know, since we actually have a GM that is looking to delve into the free agency world and the trade world, we actually have a lot of small things to talk about. Um, we've got a couple Packers-related notes as far as retirements, Um John Kuhn is going to be officially retiring as a Green Bay Packer. Initial thoughts, I mean, uh, everybody loves Cooney Boy, but uh, any fun memories of, of him or uh, what you thought of him as a player for the Packers? I'm going to be a little negative, so Sarah, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I only have, like, good memories from – what I have, like, every, like all the time, I just remember being like, Coon, like everybody else, and like yelling and cheering. And one of my, like, most, like, vivid memories of him is I think they were playing the Browns, and he, like, I'm trying to remember, and he was like, it was his typical three yards out of the end zone, I'm going to run it in. And um, he, like, fell on the ground, like, got pushed back by his own player and then caught himself on the ground with like one hand and then like spun around and like fell into the end zone. I don't know why, but whenever I think of him, I think of that play because it just really stood out to me. I, the one I think of, and I said I was going to be negative and I probably will. Um, actually, I'll end, on, I'll end on a positive note. He was fine. Kuhn was fine. Um, I, I feel like he kind of, I think he got kind of a lot of love towards the end, even though his last two seasons were not really very good. He kind of, he kind of, like he said, his, basically that fullback dive is about all he could do. And then even by the end, he wasn't great at that. And then he kind of lost his blocking ability. But people still loved him, and I get it. It was just, I think he just stuck around a couple years too long. Um, I got my, two of my favorite stories. One, uh, it was week six of the 2013 season in Baltimore. It didn't end up meaning anything. The Packers ended up winning 1917. Uh, but the Packers blocked a punt uh, from the Ravens blocked a punt and Kuhn touched the ball as it's spinning on the ground, but did not recover it, which means the Ravens got a chance to recover it. And then they got the ball and they didn't end up scoring. So it wasn't a big deal, but immediately one of the guys I was, I was watching, which was just John Kuhn, you dick. 
just just with so much anger and vitriol in his voice. It's just it's one of my favorite whatever. It's still it's one of my favorite coon memories. But my actual my actual real favorite coon memory, how could it not be? Week 17, 2013 in Chicago. There it the is. block yeah. on Peppers that gave Rodgers the time. I mean, he came across, I've watched that play. That was one of the first articles I ever wrote. That was like an in-depth um, film article. Like he came across the formation. He saw Peppers. He got a piece of him enough so Rodgers could roll out and hit Cobb with that, that game-winning touchdown. That, when I think of Kuhn, no matter what I think of those last couple years and kind of some of his limitations, that's the play I think of. It's the guy that... It's a guy that saw something across the formation, and if he didn't react when he did as quickly as he did, Rodgers is sacked and that game's done, and they don't make the playoffs that year. So when I think of Kuhn, I think of that, and then my friend calling him a dick. Those are my, <laughs> my two Kuhn <laughs> That is definitely a, a peak, and a, the definition of a peak and a valley as far as memories <laughs> from John Kuhn go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, too, That's it's the uh, the block on Peppers. That's just... I mean, I've I watched that a bunch of times today after his announcement of his retirement. So um, can't thank him enough for that. It's it's always fun to have the fan favorites. As, as you said, he might have been a little overblown, but the, the fact that everybody would yell "coon" as soon as he just touched the ball is always just a fun memory, especially for Lambeau. Um, moving on to the current roster, the Packers have signed Fadol Brown, an exclusive rights-free agent, to a one-year deal. Um, so he's a defensive end. He came in, I believe they got him off of waivers near the end of the year, um, and he kind of came in and played a little bit, and when he did, he flashed. So I think for me, at least, this is a good move of – adding some depth to the line, the, the defensive line, and we'll see what kind of moves they make as far as the draft and free agency goes to see if he even ends up sticking with the team. But, I mean, out of the gates, it's one of the guys they wanted to keep. So, for me, it's a, cool, it's a good move. Sarah, what are you thinking? I agree 100%. I think definitely towards the end of the year we saw moments that were like, whoa, like, there's definitely potential there. So I think a one-year deal like they did is a perfect opportunity to see like, hey, is he for real? Or were those moments kind of just like moments that maybe, you know, aren't going to be routine for him? So I I was very excited when I saw that news broke. And I think it'll be if, – if he works hard like he was when we saw him get in the game um, towards the end of the season, I think it could really work out for them. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm exactly with Sarah. He's, I mean, I, I rewatched. Um, I was starting to watch. I haven't got done with it yet. I, I remember that Week 16 Jets game in particular, and I looked. He had 11 snaps that game, and most of them seemed to fall on uh, obvious passing downs. So he's basically in as, as a kind of a situational pass rusher. But they've kind of moved him around the line. You know, had some end, um, some basically at nose tackle, some just kind of an offset DT role, and he he looked really good. Uh, he ate up blocks when he ate up blocks. He had you know high energy. Uh, decent moves, decent hands, good strength. Like, I don't know. Like, he's a guy, like, even if he's a situational, rotational pass rusher and he gets, you know, 15 snaps a game or something, 15, 20, I don't, I don't care. I don't have a number in mind. Um, but he, he seems like he can do some stuff. And we saw him, like you said, kind of down the stretch. He did some good things enough to kind of make you dream on. So a one-year deal for not a whole lot of money for a guy that kind of showed what he did, I'm all in favor of that. All right, so everybody enjoys the first signing. Uh, hopefully one of many more to come from, from Goody. There's there's several f- free agents that are going to be coming out there. Um, 
We are recording this on Wednesday night, so at this time next week, free agency will officially be open, and we will actually be able to talk about some... It'll be fun, because we will actually be able to talk about some of the the signings that are going on. Um, You know, if the Packers are making some first-day moves, which they really haven't made in years, so it'll be really, really exciting, but right now is the time in the NFL season where people are starting to get cut. Um, they don't want to be paid the, you know, the bonuses, the roster bonuses for being on the, the, on the day one, um, of the NFL year. So there's been a couple of, uh, bigger names that people have already linked to the Packers. I just want to throw a couple of these names out to see what you guys think. For me, it's always really fun to watch Aaron Nagler tweet because, <laughs> and it, Anytime anybody is released from a team, he will immediately quote tweet it and give it a no. 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 (laughs) I mean, most of the time it's no, let's be honest. Because everybody, as soon as anybody gets released, the Packers fans on Twitter go crazy. The Packers should sign him. The Packers should sign him. And he he always kind of gives you like the the shot in the arm of, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. But uh, a couple of these names. So uh, linebacker from the Rams, Mark Barron. Linebacker from... The Browns, Jamie Collins, and safety Eric Weddle from the Ravens, all released. Any of those names, like you know, making guys get a little excited and say, "Hey, this this could help." All all of them, like all of them, sound nice. I mean, really, as far as like needs, we could all use the needs. Baring seems like one of those guys from what the what I've seen of him, kind of very athletic, but uh, maybe not the feel for the game that maybe he should. Uh, so I might pass on Barron, but I mean, you know, based on what he did in New England and, and I, you know, Cleveland, I'm just writing off Cleveland or have been, uh, I, I wouldn't mind taking a look at Jamie Collins. Like that guy, when that guy's on, he's very, very good. And Weddle just yeah. kind of fits that safety mold. So I'd, I don't know, pass on Barron. I'd be perfectly happy with the other two. Yeah, I was the Jamie Collins was the one that definitely like stuck out to me out of the names that I've seen throughout the past couple of days. I mean, he's a good, he has good size and he's quick on the edges like that. So I really think that's something that we need. And he, I feel like he's more, his pace is much quicker than what we've seen with some of our outside linebackers. So I think it's really important that we get that tempo and they're able to make plays like that. And like you said, in the plays that I went back and looked at today, when he was on, he was on. And that's something that we really need. Well, solid in coverage too. Like that's the thing. Like he could, he can kind of do a little bit of everything, which is which. which yeah, I saw. Really nice. I think he had, I think he had one or two maybe interceptions this year, even so, or this past season. So that's pretty impressive as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it'll it'll be it's just gonna be fun because this is a time normally when Packers fans are just. <laughs> sitting on their hands because they're never going to have any fun news. They're just have to wait for the draft and, you know, maybe we'll get one of those guys who won't cost a cost a compensatory pick that maybe you'll get somebody for like a a million dollar signing. But this is actually really exciting because these are some names that Ashley could sign. Who knows? Um, So there's that aspect, but now there's also before people are being released, there's also the trade talk. So there's a couple of big names um, two right now that I want to talk about. And then I think we'll have a little time so we can talk two of the bigger, maybe non-Packer trades, but what's going on in the rest of the NFL. So first, um, right guard from the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Zeitler, one of the 
higher paid guards in the NFL right now. If not, I'm not sure if he's the highest, but at one point, I believe when he signed, he was the highest guard in the NFL. Uh, former UW grad, and overall, I mean, that's a glaring hole that they have at right guard. He could step right in. I believe he's about $10 million for this, this coming year is what he would be due. Um, but they'd be able to get out of the contract after this first year and not have any dead money. So it seems like a really good fit if you could throw a late third-day pick um, to see if that might be something good. But, I mean, it screams for Green Bay Packers just because he's a number – he was the number one rated guard for pass pro – in the NFL last year. I mean, that's what you need at right guard. I mean, there was such a glaring hole, and people were just running right at Aaron Rodgers all through the year. I mean, to me, this is like a slam dunk. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm, I'm right. I mean, we've talked about right guard before. I mean, if you go into next year, they got to do something. Because if you can't go into next year with McCray as your right guard, Sarah, I'm sorry. I know we've talked about this before. I know I know, no, he's, I know he's your good. guy, you're kind good. of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you got to do something. You got to do something at guard. And like you said, I from what from what I've seen of him, I mean, like you said, he's number one in pass pro. I don't know from what I've seen of him, he's very very good. And like you said, he's plug and play. You stick him in, it's a major hole. He he seems like someone they should target. Yeah, I like am getting like the vibes that I got last season with like Cleo Mack and how it was like the Packers are going to sign Cleo <laughs> Mack and all this. And like I feel like we kind of like in a way let that opportunity just like slip through our fingers and then we obviously saw what happened when we with that so I feel like this is maybe like okay we learned our lesson we didn't sign someone at the linebacker position that we maybe should have or in a trade or acquire them in some kind of trade so maybe we should do that this time in a position of need again and that one that will make an impact right away yeah I haven't seen Steve is there anything out there about kind of what what this may take to get him? Uh, no, I mean, they drafted somebody, I believe, last year, an interior lineman. So, I mean, Zeiler wasn't from, uh, like, the Dorsey regime. Yeah. It was from the previous one. So that's why it's kind of linked of, well, maybe he might be able to get traded. But, I mean, with that high of a, a cost, and he's, I believe he's 30 years old, so he's, you know, a little bit up there in age as well, I've seen either – late day two or early day three of potentially a, like a fourth rounder maybe might be able to get it done. Okay. Then yes. Then Um, then absolutely. (laughs) That that was one of the ones I saw was these two guys, the second one I'm about to talk to. So it was, could you imagine if, if Brian Gutekunst took ha ha Clinton Dix and turned him into Kevin Zeitler. (laughs) And then moving to the next one was, can you imagine if he took Brett Hundley and turned him into safety to Sean Gibson from the Jags? Ooh. Um, who is apparently now open or on the trade market from the Jags because he's due about $8 million this year, 28 year old safety. Um, and also should be known that played with Petten in Cleveland. And when he was with Petten in Cleveland, that was his best statistical year of his career. So, you know, it's just very easy to connect the two dots. Um, and the thought was late day three pick of potentially the Brett Hundley trade to Seattle. So you're giving up those the fourth and the sixth extra picks that you had, and you'd be picking up two impact starters right away. I'm at the point now where if 
like any safety who comes on the market, if the cost isn't ridiculously high, I'm just I'm totally in favor of it. Just any safety except for Haha ha Clinton Dix, um, who is, <laughs> who's also on the market. Why he's, not? I feel I you know I just don't know that he's going to be a good fit um, in, in for the team. I might I might be wrong. There's literally no evidence to prove me right or wrong in Haha ha Clinton Dix in Green Bay, but um, I just I just feel like he wouldn't be good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'd be, I'd be down for a late round pick for Gibson. So yeah, that's my my one. Now I literally just had this thought because we were talking about it, but maybe that's not the best idea in the world. Just because if nobody's trading for him, you let him come to come back, uh, you know, hit the get cut and go to the free agent market. I mean, there's so many safeties that can be had from the just the free agent market alone, and probably a little cheaper than eight million dollars that. I don't know. Maybe this is the one that you could potentially wait out and see because, I mean, you can get like a Trey Boston for five or six million dollars and save a couple mil for an edge rusher or things like that. So, but if he is a guy that's played with Petten and, and did true. well in the Petten system, like that, that in my mind, that's worth a little bit more uh, just because you know you can kind of you can put him in. That's a plug and play guy in that Petten system. So I, it's, I, you're right. I mean, you're right. It's a, the market's flooded. With all the people that dropped, the market's flooded with a lot of different positions. But that safety position, you're right, you don't want to overpay. But that seems like if you're going to overpay like a little, maybe maybe that's when you do it. Just to just to make sure that you get your guy that you know can help you. Oh, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Um, all right, so let's let it, we want to have a little fun now. Sarah is <laughs> amped and ready to go and wants to make fun of Wait For It, everybody. The Chicago Bears. So, Sarah, I'm going to give you the floor. You get to, you know, do all your dad jokes that you want. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to let you take – this is all you. you. You take care of this one. Okay. Well, if anyone out there is listening <laughs> and has not heard that the Chicago Bears signed a kicker, they did sign a kicker, and his name is Chris Blewett. I can't make that up. Literally sounds like something I, I think I saw Al said, let me see. Yeah. He said, how could this not be from the onion? And I, <laughs> I feel like that summed it up to a T. And I, I, I mean, like if I, if I had never heard this news and someone came up to me and said, Oh, an NFL team just signed a kicker and his name is Chris Blewett. I would immediately think it was the bears because this is in my opinion, only something that the Bears would do. They've had horrible luck with kickers in the past. I mean, we saw what happened in the playoffs. And then they're already like a franchise that's like made fun of a lot. And it's like, at this point, just why? Like, I, I mean, like, I love it because it just gives me like, like, it's so easy. Like, you just are making it so, so easy. And I get it. I know they they beat us this year and they made the playoffs and we didn't, but like, are we really losing if they have a kicker named <laughs> Chris Blewett? I, I don't know. I just, it, I, like, I literally thought like their Twitter got hacked or something. Like I was like, there is no way this is real, but it is. And I'm very, I'm surprised, but I, I'm not, if that makes sense. I'm just, I'm super happy that after years and years of hearing you know, that kick Robbie was as good as gold that, that now we get the other side of the coin. That's what I'm most excited about. 
Yeah, I mean, they, that, that was the best part is they didn't want to pay Robbie Gold, so they let him walk. They had the most one of the most accurate kickers ever in Soldier Field, and they let him walk, and now everybody was talking about how they need to get Robbie Gold back <laughs> only to replace him with Chris Blewett. Um, <laughs> I love him. that the Niners like, just franchised him. They're like, no, uh, you're not getting Robbie Gold. Nope, nope. <laughs> just the stupidest thing in the world that you can franchise a kicker. Like, come on. <laughs> Our franchise wouldn't be the same without Robbie Gold kicking field goals for the 49ers. <laughs> that might actually be true. <laughs> I suppose when Jimmy Ruffalo went down, their field goal kicks went way up. <laughs> okay, so Chris Blewett's going to suck. We all agree <laughs> with that. I still, it still does. It blows it's, my mind that all the, so all the Bears fans hate Cody Parkey. His kick got blocked. It's on the offensive line, not the kick. Like, oh. Just... Well, then he also went on talk shows, and he was like, "Yeah, that's just... hard." Well, but he was like, he yeah. he was he wasn't being terrible about it. Like, the people wanted to talk to him, and he's you know taking responsibility or whatever. Like, he's I, I getting did... death threats, and then, and then and then they're like, "Oh, we can't we can't have a kicker drawing that kind of attention." Like, what 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 is happening? What is the... if you don't want him to kick, just say you don't want him to kick, man. Like, what? Uh, God, I love that franchise so much. <laughs> Um, all right, so that, there's a little fun. I do want to end the show. We, this is something I want to talk about the first time, like the getting to know you when we were getting to know each other a little bit episode back in, I think that was January. Uh, and there was something that just outright disgusts me. And I wanted, I want to discuss this with you guys to end the show and have a little bit of fun. Oreo cookies. So huge fan. What do you, what do you guys think? Are you big fans of Oreo cookies at all? Yes. Okay. Sarah? Yes, me too. Okay, good. And now, I don't know, obviously you've seen, they have many types of cookies, and they have the Oreo cookies, and they have all the flavors and everything. Don't care about the flavors. I've never really gotten into those. My question is, what kind of sociopath eats the most stuffed cookie? So it's bigger than the double stuff. It's bigger than the mega stuff. It is called the most stuff. It is disgusting. Disgusting! Like the amount of cream in that Oreo, like makes me want to gag and vomit all over the place. And I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page that nobody thinks that's a good idea because we might have to like switch partners. I, I think Dusty's on my page, but I don't know about Sarah. I'll let Sarah go first because I'm also curious. About no, those. I am on your page a hundred percent. Like, there's a point where like being extra goes way too far, and that is like a perfect <laughs> example of that. Like. It's just so ridiculous. I know people that eat them. They're like, it's so good. Like, I I break it apart and, like, eat all the, like, cream out of the middle. And I'm like, you are a serial killer. Like, that is disgusting. I I can't. I I can barely eat, like, the double stuffed ones. Because I feel like they're just more stuffed. Everything is more stuffed in general now. So, yeah, I've never tried it. I refuse to try it. And I'm 100% on board with this hate right now. They're so they're, they're so thick that I feel like they can only fit like 12 of the cookies in an entire pack because that's how much cream There's probably like, oh. how many calories are in one cookie? Do we know? Too many. Yeah, I, Steve, that, did you, you should have looked this up, brother. Did you look this up, Steve? I did not. Let, you guys keep talking. I'll see if I can find anything. Well, Sarah, so your friends that eat these willingly, like you've cut all of them out of your life now? That... I'm like highly considering it. Okay. Like I'm like this is like could be a deal breaker for yeah. me. But I don't know. Like it scares me. So last week, um, someone at work, as a gift to to one of my friends at work, gave them a package of these, the most stuff. 
and she do they not like them i I, they were they were like they were not open and so i think it was like a here i don't know if it was a joke like a kind of an early white elephant gift i'm not sure what it is but they gave it to her as like a here you go so they either hate her or they thought they were really good and they liked her and i i don't know who gave them to her so i can't i don't know i hope i never speak to that person each individual cookie contains 110 calories a lot. Oh my god! Oh. Is that high, Steve? That seems high. They know, like, they, they have like snack packs out to you know to, for diet friendly people that are just like here, eat this entire bag and it's a hundred calories. Thought that was your snack pack. Yeah, to put that. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me finish my story real quick. So. My friend gave me one of these double stuff because I wanted to try one. I need to see, man. I need firsthand, right? I need to know. It was as bad as you think it is. It's too much. You, I mean, you just, if you joke, you said there's like, what, like eight in a package? Legitimately, maybe like 15. Like there's, it's still the same three rows, but you can fit like five, maybe five to seven cookies in a row. And it's just, it's, it's too much, man. Like, it's just like you said, it's, it looks like the, the picture looks like oh, a Photoshop. It's, it's disgusting. They, they put 15 cookies in the bag. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds right. So you got five per row. They got the three row. You get oh. five per row. It's, it's, it, the ratio is all off, man. Like, yeah. You get zero the cookie. cookie cream ratio no. is not... I, I got done with one and she's like, do you want another one? I do not. I, <laughs> I do not want another one. So oh. yeah, I, I, I don't like them and I will judge harshly anyone who says they like them because yeah, like you guys said, I mean, Steve, you said sociopath. Uh, Sarah, you said serial killer. Both of those are true. Yeah, I mean, Both you can totally imagine, so, like, after they've murdered somebody, that they sit down, open a pack, and start, like, just chewing the cream by itself. Like, it's just oh. something so cruel. Just mixing it up in a bowl <laughs> and just eating it with <laughs> When I, like, see the picture of it, like, on the box, it looks like one of those, like, ice cream sandwiches. Like, <gasps> that's how stuffed it is. Actually, and, like,. Yeah. Like, it does look like that to me. And I'm like, I'm all for the ice cream sandwich, but, like, not well, the Oreo. Well, it does that terrible thing, too, because there is too much cream that you take a bite and it compresses it and the cream starts shooting out the sides. Like, mm. just oozing out the sides. Nope. Like, the movie The nope. Stuff. If you guys have ever seen the movie The Stuff, it's like that, but with Oreos. It's not good. That's, seriously, this is, like, creeping me out. Like, I'm... Oh, Steve's Steve, like cringing, like the just oh, cringing. God, it's awful. <laughs> just the thought of like, the, oh no, can't do it. Well, I'm I'm very glad that we're all on the same page of these disgusting Oreos. Maybe we'll get some uh, some good Twitter reaction. You guys feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, tell us if you are one of those sociopaths that eats the most stuffed Oreos and enjoys them. I would love to uh, hotly debate that with you. Yeah, um, we'd like to talk that. <laughs> We have questions. For we have to. Sure. Or we'll come to your house. We're going to sit you down. It's really something that we just really need to have a conversation about. Just all well, of us yeah. to all of we'll, you. We'll record a live intervention podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll throw in some Packer talk as well. So it'll make it you know one of our episodes for the Packer Day podcast. But uh, all right, we will talk in a few weeks, guys. We'll hopefully have some big moves to discuss um, with the Packers and everything that's been going on, but. This is thank you for listening to the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast for Sarah Dustley. I'm Steve, uh, and as always, go Pack Go! Sunday night football in the start of a historic season for the Green Bay Packers. Rogers.
Rodgers in the shotgun. Here's the snap. Rushes on. Rodgers nowhere to go, and he's snowed under. Back inside the 30, and Rodgers is down. Roy Robertson, Harris, Khalil Mack. And Rodgers unable to get up. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Down at 19 from the Green Bay 30. Snap to Kaiser under pressure. Immediately dumps it up right side. It's intercepted. Intercepted by Khalil Mack. Circle route to the 15 to the 10. He's to the 5 of the end zone. Touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Khalil Mack's had a sack, fumble recovery, interception return for a touchdown. to go in the third, Chicago 20, Green Bay nothing. Wayne, I actually see Aaron on the sideline throwing. Well, that's a good sign. Yep, he is. Of the shotgun, snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, throws it over the middle. Randall Cobb is there. Makes a spinning grab just outside the left hand mark. J.K. Scott, Mason Crosby. Here's the snap. Placement made. Kick is up. And it is good. So the Packers on the board with 3.37 to go in the third. Snap to A-Rod looking around and waiting. Lofts it. Deep down the right side. Allison in the end zone. Makes a spectacular catch. Touchdown. What a throw and what a catch. And the Packers get back into it. 39-yard bomb from Aaron Rodgers to Gerard. Corey Lindsley on the snap. Four-man line for the Bears. They're coming out of blitz up the middle. They pick it up. Rodgers looks. Lost. Left side. Got a man out there. Got a to Rodgers under a blitz. Rodgers tight pocket steps up, throws a left, got Devontae inside the 10, head back, cuts left to the 5, reaches pylon, and touchdown! Oh, what a play by Devontae Adams! Snap to A-Rod. Rushes on, has time. 